And it's been a lot of studies, and, uh, and uh, there's a series about this, how to understand it. And I've been explaining to you that one way to approach it is to look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. And you hear the word there, prophecy, which has nothing to do with the prophet. Prophecy there is edifying, building, comforting. It's a vocal activity inspired by the Holy Spirit to lift someone up, to encourage them, to minister to them. It's a vocal expression, a vocal gift. So when you begin to study these scriptures, uh, and we are in the book of Acts chapter 4, uh, you have to sort of uh, consider that aspect on what people say, uh, how they respond to prayer, and, and, uh, and then you begin to understand the principle because it is intertwined in all of the activities of the Holy Spirit. In other words, in order to know the Holy Spirit intimately, you have to know when He talks, and what He says, and what He talks about. And so, let me read the Scripture today. It says, And be let go. We're talking about Peter and John after the miracle at the gate, beautiful gate of the temple. Uh, uh, they, they came in the presence of the, uh, of the Sinhadrin, all the, the leaders in Israel, and and, and so they put him in jail in the morning, they respond. So, and being let go, they went to their own company. I mean, they returned to uh, the friends, the church, the, the, the people that love God, their, their friends. The chief priests and elders said unto them, and reported all that the chief priests and elders said unto them. Verse 24. When they had heard that, they lift up their voice to God, with one accord. Notice, they lift up their voice to God in one accord. And said, Now, it is prophetic if what they say is biblical. It is not prophetic if they begin to say, Well, I was afraid and the chief priest came up to me and, man, that was a hard... What they say determines if it's prophetic or not. For instance, Lord, here's what they said. They were, they were screaming and praising God in one accord. You know, The word one accord is a Greek word that's repeated throughout this chapter. In the, Lord, you are God which has made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, all that, is, that in them is, who by the mouth of your servants, David, he said, has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Psalm number 2. So let me stop. That's prophetic. You see, the vocal, the vocal, what you say has power in it. But you have to recognize how it operates in the basis of it. You know how you can hear a preach guy preaching for 30 minutes and all he does is tell a story. Never mentions the prophetic. It's just his story to emphasize. In other words, if the Holy Spirit is not in your sermon bringing the prophetic, well, look, Peter's sermon converted 3,000. It's all prophetic. So let's read. Verse 26. 
The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. For of a truth against your holy child, Jesus, whom you, ha whom you have anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever your hand and your counsel determined before to be done. That's prophetic. There's scripture to that. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. God, look what they're trying to do. And grant unto your servants that which, with all boldness, they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to, to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. Now that is, is, uh, uh, Now, I, I don't know who says that here. I don't know if it's Peter or John that is saying this. But perhaps presented as a, as a community press. So we don't have an idea who's saying this. But they will prophesy. That's called prophecy. Now, now, look at verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. I mean, earth, earth, earthquake shook the building. And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. At Pentecost, there was a wind. And tongues of fire. But, in this second Pentecost, the building shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. So, let's take a look at this second Pentecost. Let's take a look at this, at this story because in it and before in it is filled with prophetic. What pleased God so much about this miracle? In Peter's second sermon, Peter preached the first sermon after Pentecost. 3,000 were saved. The second sermon, is the one that propulses uh, uh, this miracle because it comes after the healing of this lame man. So let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at, uh, at at chapter three, verse thirteen. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our Father, has glorified His Son Jesus, whom you have delivered to the chief priests. Uh, Chief priests delivered Jesus to Pilate to be crucified and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. All of this is true, meaning they're saying what really happened previously. Now on the second, again, on 3.18, which means Acts 3.18, but those things which God before had shown by the mouths of all his prophets that Christ should be suffered, he has fulfilled. So what they're saying is that what the things which God had shown before by the mouth of all His prophets, whatever the prophets said in the Old Testament has been fulfilled in, in the life of Jesus. So what I'm saying to you is if that is actually the case, if that's what it is, then it is prophetic. 
In other words, when you are mentioning what has happened and what Jesus fulfilled, it confirms that it is prophetic. So let's stop a minute. Prophetic is when that which has been said edifies, builds, and comforts. So now I am introducing to you a new, a new step in understanding the prophetic. I presented first the idea that the prophetic does one thing. Edifies, builds, comforts, encourages. It's a, it's, a, it's a mouth expression of your spirit in the life of somebody. Now second, I'm telling you that when you look at the Old Testament and you confirm by your mouth, you know, in Revelations 19, there's a verse that says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. In other words, here, here, here is John writing Revelation saying that uh, the blood of Jesus in the word, uh, in other words, the word of the testimony of Jesus overcomes Satan, overcomes evil. And so a testimony, it's an important thing because it's referring to what God has done in the past, telling others. So, now, so in, what I'm introducing new this morning is that when the Old Testament Scripture confirms what has done in the New Testament, then you have the prophetic movement that creates power. Because, you see, when Peter and John look at the lame men, they said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have, what I have, what I have I give to you. So this idea of having it, you understand? This idea of having it, it's essential to be understood because it's something, having means to receive the Old Testament word that's been confirmed in the New Testament. That adds. That's where the power is from. Silver and gold have an number. What I have. What do they have? The knowledge of the miracles of Jesus. The words of the prophets. In the testimony that Jesus fulfilled in his life in the New Testament. By dying on the cross and rising, risen from the dead. That, 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 that is what they had. So what they had becomes power. When you accept it in your life, when you profess it with your lips. Now, let's look at Acts 3.22. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, and that's Deuteronomy 18, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him, Jesus, you shall hear in all things whatsoever he shall say to you. 3.22. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren. Meaning, Jesus came out of, the, out of the Jew culture. Like unto me, him Jesus, you shall hear in all things whatsoever he shall say to you. That's Deuteronomy 18. The Old Testament is pointing to the, to the Israel nation that Jesus is chosen in the midst of them, and you shall hear him. Look at verse 24, which is Acts 3.24. Yes, all the prophets from Samuel, first, all those who follow after, as many as have spoken, 
have likewise foretold of those days. And then in verse 25 it says, You are children of the prophets. You are children of the prophets. And so, the prophetic becomes important when you understand where you come from, where you've been, who taught you, who disciple you. And he's saying to them, You that is listening to me, uh, this is the sermon of Peter, unto the Jews in Jerusalem after... This is the second sermon after the lame man walked in the gate beautiful. That sermon, and he is talking to the crowd right there into the temple. He's saying to them, you are the children of the prophet. So is, is that prophetic? Yes, he is. Because he is edifying, he is building, he is encouraging, he is lifting them up, he is telling who they are, he is blessing them. And so in preaching and in teaching, when the prophetic rises out of nothing, is when the Holy Spirit rises. If, if the Holy Spirit is part of, 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 of what you're doing, it will have to encourage and to build and to comfort and to, and to bless them. You are children of the prophet. My goodness gracious. They'll look at each other and say, Oh my, my. That's, a, that's unbelievable. So Peter and John stood in front of these most prestigious leaders in Israel. Let's take a look at, uh, at, at, uh, at, uh, at Acts uh, chapter 4, 23 uh, uh, to 31. And uh, maybe back to chapter 4 a little earlier. But let's take a look. Who were the people that were listening to Peter and John? Since now we understand that the vocal part of the prophetic is essential to be understood so you know when the Holy Spirit is doing things. Well, the chief, the priests of the temple. I don't know how many priests there were, but man, there's a lot of, a lot of priests. The captain of the guard, very important. The elders, oh man, that was a bunch of elders. And then scribes. And then he specifically began telling who were there. Amos the high priest. Caiaphas, John, and he's talking about Zakai, you know, a, a famous rabbi of that time. Alexander Lysimachus, the richest Jew of his time, as many as it were, families of the priests, families of all the priests, large crowd, hundreds of them. So the question is, why? Why would all these people leave their homes and go to the temple? Because Something happened at the gate of the beautiful that worked as fast as, as internet. In other words, the hi-fi just hit Jerusalem. And everybody that was able to hear in every little shop, in every little corner in that city, rushed to the temple. Meaning, meaning, meaning the prophetic in the life of Peter saved 3,000. The prophetic in the life of John and Peter is about to pronounce an, an anointing, a powerful testimony to the leaders of Israel in a matter of hours. They spend the night in jail at the, at the, at the, uh, uh, in the temple. So hundreds of people. I want you to see this. Because every time that I get behind this camera... And I begin to tell you about what God has done, what God will do, and what God thinks of you. 
I'm not just preaching here. I'm prophesying over you that you will overcome everything that comes against you. I will prophesy that you will overcome COVID-19. I prophesy that the power of God will save your family. I prophesy that you will overcome that all of this is going to be gone. And the power of God in America today is saving, healing, delivering. And He's doing to you right now. You probably say, oh Rick, you're just uh, mouthing. Not, I'm prophesying. So don't, don't you belittle the Holy Spirit now. Don't you compare me with the Holy Spirit of God. I'm a mouth. That's all you got. But because I believe in that which the Old Testament has said, and because I believe that Jesus rose from the dead, and because I believe that He, he is alive today in heaven, and He is at the right hand of the Father, I have the power of God within me to shake you out of apathy, nervousness, anxiety, turmoil. Which power? The power of the prophetic, the Holy Spirit. So, let's turn down toward, uh, toward the end of this. I hope you're getting something here. Okay, 4-7, Acts 4-7. And when they had set them in the midst... <laughs> You know, you're talking about 500 people in the temple. Uh, a lot of them, the court of the Gentiles, of course, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and they, they, put the, uh, they put the two, the two uh, unlearned and fishermen, Peter and John, right in the midst of them. It, it says, and when they had set them in the midst. In other words, let's get those boys and get them. They asked, by what power... Or by what name have you done this? Now, look, if you're a Jew and you read the Old Testament and the, uh, and the Pentateuch, you, you should know by what power. The prophetic and the prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament, they were all known. The, the Scriptures, what they had, they didn't have the New Testament. They had, they had five books of the Old Testament. And they could not re re realize and see what these two men, Peter and John, saw. And that's the mind uh, of, of the soul that does not recognize the prophetic of God. You're talking about vain. So these leaders had no concept, no understanding, no content, intent as to what who the prophets were. Peter and John responds. Now you have to respond. Be it known. <laughs> in other words, in other words, I want everybody to know. Be it known unto all, unto all the people of Israel. I mean, they went for the for the whole mass. That by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom whom you crucified. Now, folks, it, it that's a lot of courage. It's a lot of courage. Whom God raised from the dead, even by Him does this man stand here before you whole, completely. He's the one who healed this man. So what did they do here? They recognized the power of God to heal. Now that's a dangerous thing to do in the midst of all those, those Anna and Caiaphas can, can, can call the guards in the, in, in the temple and, and have your neck right there. But the boldness, the presence, the confirmation, if the name of Jesus carries power, listen to this, 
the prophecies of him carries power also. So the question is, is there power in the New Testament? Yes. Is there power in the Old Testament? Oh, yes. You know, a pastor close by here uh, of a large Atlanta church mentioned that we don't need the Old Testament anymore. You see, when you take the prophets out, you are denying the power that raised Jesus from the dead. For it's been prophesied by the mouth of God. If God said something in the Old Testament <laughs> and you deny, you don't have the juice of the New Testament. So, so God speaks in prophetic terms, in voice, in content. So today I'm suggesting to you that, number one, our studies have been dealing with the idea that the vocal expression of the Holy Spirit in you to edify, to build, to comfort, to encourage, and to serve others. It is a move of the Holy Spirit. It's prophesying. It's a gift. It's a, it's a, it's a move of the Spirit. And second, I'm saying to you that when the Old Testament, when the prophets, when Psalm number 2, as, as, as Peter mentioned, is exercised in faith, it, it gives proportion to what the Old Testament in the life of... In other words, the prophet said, Jesus confirmed. So if it is prophetic, if it is associated, if it is propulsed, induced, created, empowered by the Spirit of God, then makes it prophecy. So let's take a look at Old Testament examples connecting the Holy Spirit with the prophetic. Because when you look at the Old Testament, you say, well, there's not no power there. There's no spirit there. It's just a Pentecost. Not really. Not really. Before the foundations of the earth, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is creating is a life. So, take a look, John, in Numbers 11. Verse 26, 27, 28, and 29. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them. Okay, John, let me just say, there were 600,000 men at this time in Israel fighting men. But God wanted 70 others. And they chose 70 to put the Spirit of God upon them to serve in the temple. And then <coughs> they found two boys who, who really weren't part of it. Go ahead. And the Spirit rested upon them. And they were of them who were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle. And they prophesied in the camp. And there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad, do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. And Moses said unto them, Do you envy for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Yes, yes. Meaning. Meaning, out of the seventy, the Holy Spirit found two boys, Bildad and, 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 and Eldad. <laughs> and, and they were prophesying, the Spirit of God was upon them. So, we're talking about the Old Testament. How about 1 Samuel 10, 9? 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. And when they came hither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. You're talking about uh, Saul. Meaning Saul, God wanted to give Saul an opportunity to serve him. 
And he exaggerated in blessing him, even though he could not understand uh, the call and became disobedient to Samuel. But look at look at that. Uh, uh, a band of prophets in a spirit. What is the word there, John? A spirit of God. The spirit of God came upon him, okay. and he prophesied among them. Yes. How about Isaiah six sixty one? And that's the famous words that Jesus spoken by Isaiah, and now repeated by Jesus in in in, in I think it was Nazareth, wasn't it? It was. Yep. Right at, at the little synagogue in Nazareth. Yep. That's what got him in trouble. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed now, me. Now look, if Mildad and and and, and Eldad received the spirit of God upon them, the same spirit that ministered to those boys now, it's upon Jesus. And the question is this now here: When are you going to get in the dance? Read that John sixty one one two and three. I want, I want them to hear at least. One more time, that scripture, because Jesus is defining his ministry in the next two and a half years. Remember, he's in, he's in Nazareth. Go ahead. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison unto them who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them who mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the yes. planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Okay, now, this is Jesus prophesying what's been said to God, to Isaiah. Look at God speaking to the prophet being repeated by the disciples, and being repeated by Jesus. It becomes prophetic when you allow the Word of God to be alive in you as you study, as you prepare, as you live, as you minister. You know, I, I'm really sad uh, when uh, I hear, <laughs> when I hear one Bible in the Old Testament is just not being touched. Now let's take a look. And being let go, they went into the company of the, of the of his their friends. Peter and John went somewhere where the the little church, the new little church created in Pentecost, is all together. And they begin to prophesy. Who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the hidden rage. And God was so pleased with that. God was so pleased with them. And, and this man that made this prayer in, in Acts 4.30 by stretching forth your hand to heal and the signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. Now, when you mention the name of Jesus no, God is standing up. He is standing up on the throne and He is saying, My God, you all talking about my boy. You're talking about the one that died on the cross and rose from the dead. You're talking about the one who, who, who is able to do it silly more and abundant than you ask. Now, how did God respond 
to this. This whole scenario, beginning on chapter 3, chapter 4 of Acts. It's on verse 31. If when they had prayed, notice, prayed, they were praying. The place was shaken where they all were assembled together. Now, now, (laughs) you're talking about the place was shaken. It looks like second Pentecost, and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. But first, let's talk about the shaking. How can you shake a house? How can you shake a building and not fall it apart? Because when there is an earthquake and you shake something, the walls fall down. Well, nothing fall down. God just shook the whole state of Israel. He shook the whole, the whole, the whole city of Jerusalem. Why did God do that? He did it so we and I, you and I today, need to know that when we accept the Scriptures in the validity of the Old Testament, the New Testament, in the prophetic statements of a Christian. You see, we hear the word through this, this channel, LaTerrain.com, and you can get on YouTube, you can get on Vimeo, you can get this word everywhere. There's all kinds of channels carrying out the, the preaching in this channel. What I'm saying to you, when you hear it, and you believe it, and you accept it, you are turning the prophetic of God, the power, the same power, that raised Jesus from the dead and healed the lame man that for 40 plus years sat on his empty legs. Acts 4.22. More than 40. He was 40 some years old. So I'm encouraging you today. What we're doing here is not just an evangelistic vacuum. We're speaking that which can change your life completely. That can bless your life. It's in the name of Jesus. I pray that you'll be encouraged today. That you'll be blessed by the Lord. That the power of the Holy Spirit of God lets you know that no weapon formed against you will prosper. A thousand will fall at your right and a thousand will fall at your left. But He will keep you pure and holy before God. And He will strengthen you and He will cause you to be a blessing to others. And so in the name of Jesus, I bless you my brother. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I'm nobody. I'm not Peter. I'm not John. In other words, you don't need to know who I am. I'm I'm a nobody. But in the name of Jesus, I carry power to set you free and to empower you today and to get up this morning and get the work done and get things paid for and bless your family and bless your children and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and love your wife and your children in the name of Jesus. Amen. Atribulado pela ação de Satanás Clamando no escuro Correndo e olhando para trás E eu vejo Coração